Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Caroline Stocks with Poultry Health Today, and we're here with Ian Rubinoff, who's Director of Global Technical Services at Highline International. Ian, thanks very much for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. So cage-free production is coming more and more under the spotlight, not least because some 200 retailers have pledged to becoming cage-free by 2025. Where are we at the minute in terms of the poultry industry's response to that demand? So when I started in the poultry industry 11 years ago, uh, there is very little cage-free, probably less than 5%. Right now, the whole U.S. industry is over 20% of production and increasing very rapidly uh, to reach that goal of the retailers that have set by 2025. Uh, and along with that, we've seen a huge amount of growth of information and understanding of managing birds in cage-free systems. So in terms then of U.S. production, how are producers responding to the demand? I think the the biggest thing is understanding the systems. Uh, We know when we were uh, producing in traditional cages, it was fairly easy. You know that you had to, how you had to manage them, how you had to uh, try to work the birds to get the best production. Now that we're on the uh, the ground and we're in aviaries, uh, it takes a little bit more effort and a little bit more planning. Uh, From my point of view, the the matching of systems is probably one of the most important. Uh, so whether you're moving from an aviary rearing into an aviary laying uh, or from a flat deck uh, rearing into a flat deck laying, matching those systems is critical for both bird health and bird management uh, and getting the best production. So in terms of the practical management of these systems, and what kind of challenges are producers running into? The first one is I think the equipment companies are growing along with us as we've moved into the cage free. And so the first systems that came out um, were not nearly as evolved as the ones that we've seen now. There's a tremendous amount of support from the equipment companies um, as they have learned to build the systems better. Uh, They've learned to manage the systems better. And I know certainly as a genetics company, we make it a point to meet with all of the different cage and uh, equipment manufacturers in order to understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how we can work together Uh, to better uh, create systems that are best for the producers. So in terms of um, managing the health of cage-free birds compared to conventional ones, how does that differ? The the fundamentals are very similar. Uh, You always need your feed, your light, your air, your water, and your sanitation. Uh, We call those the flaws. Uh, And that's standard whether it's conventional uh, rearing or whether it's uh, cage-free or alternative. Where the differences start coming in is the cage-free birds have more access to litter. Uh, For birds that go outside, they have more access to pathogens that we wouldn't normally have seen. And so we're starting to see a lot of diseases come back into the uh, poultry world that we had more or less eradicated 40 or 50 years ago when we'd taken the birds off the floor. So which diseases are you seeing more of? Uh, We're working with uh, the whole gamut. So we have our bacterial diseases um, and ones that have really created some challenges recently are pasturella uh, and coryza. Uh, we've seen uh, parasitical diseases. Coccidiosis has always been a challenge in the layer industry, but we've seen higher amounts of it. Uh, we've seen uh, other parasitic diseases such as blackhead uh, create more challenges now that we're on the floor because that's a very difficult one. And especially because there's a, 
Uh, there's a component of parasites involved in that one. Uh, we've seen worms. Uh, we don't have very many options for, for treating roundworms or tapeworms. And so that has been more of a challenge uh, when we've gone out. And then, of course, viral diseases. Uh, bronchitis has always been a challenge in the industry. Uh, and fortunately, we haven't really had issues in the U.S. with Newcastle disease or metanumoviruses, but that's always a concern. So how are producers actually handling then all these different disease challenges? Because as you mentioned, some of them haven't been seen for mm -hmm. decades. That's a unique challenge as well, because we've seen that as, the, uh, as we've gone to cage-free as well, we're also getting demands from the uh, supermarkets to reduce the antibiotic usage. And overall, this is a fantastic thing because we can really help manage uh, birds and we can focus on how we rear the birds better. However, antibiotics have always been uh, something that veterinarians hold very sacred because we use those to be able to treat birds accurately, uh, be able to use them for the right diseases. And really it's a welfare situation as well in order to be able to uh, treat birds that are sick. When we have to use a system without antibiotics, uh, we focus a lot more than we've ever had to on the proactive and preventative measures. When we have a lack of uh, use of antibiotics, using vaccines is really a critical component. Vaccinating the birds with the right strains uh, at the right time and with the, with the right tools to be able to protect birds from bacterial diseases such as salmonella and E. coli, from viral diseases such as Newcastle and bronchitis, uh, and coming and with these up and coming diseases or returning diseases such as uh, uh, cholera or coryza that we've never really had to worry as much about on the layer side. And so vaccination really is the key in addition to your normal biosecurity, which is always, always important. Um, we've touched a lot then on uh, health issues there. In terms of welfare, what kind of challenges are, are these systems seeing? The, the amazing thing about cage-free systems is we know that birds can really uh, express all of their natural behaviors. And so they're able to move around the systems, they're able to scratch and dust bathe. Uh, and so that is an excellent component to these systems. The challenges that we have is as more birds gather together, we have more uh, sometimes bad interactions between those birds. And so worrying about feather cover, worrying about pecking, uh, are things that we have to manage and using a good system and having observant flock managers is always really helpful. And then of course, managing your flaws is, and reducing that stress is critical to help farmers with the good welfare and to ma help maintain that in the open systems. We've seen that cage-free systems can have the same or even lower mortality than conventional systems. And that relies entirely on being able to manage those systems well and, uh, and be very attentive to the bird's needs, in addition to making sure that we, we are keeping them out of the diseases that would cause trouble. So with increased pressure then on, on managing salmonella from a, a prior to processing perspective, what mm -hmm. can farmers actually do to reduce the risk? The, it's, the, it's the basic areas of biosecurity, making sure that the, the food coming in is clean, making sure that the genetic stock is coming in clean, uh, and then making sure that we keep clean of uh, rodents and insects and that there's a good cleaning and disinfection in between every flock to break the cycle of any infection that might be there. So, okay, so just imagine we have a crystal ball then and you're looking to five years ahead. What do you think that the cage-free industry is going to look like? Uh, I think we're going to be almost 100% in aviaries. I think we're going to think the understanding of aviary management is going to be a lot better than what we have now.
because there's so many systems, we're going to, I think we're going to crystallize a little bit uh, which systems really work well uh, and which ones don't work as well. And so we're going to start seeing a lot more replacement of those facilities into ones that, that are easier to manage. Uh, and we know that that's the case. And we're going to just also get a lot more people who understand the management of it. Uh, chickens are live animals. And when you put 20,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 birds in a barn, understanding how they behave and what they need uh, is, is a unique skill that we need to develop in students. And we need to continue to help our current people out in the industry uh, learn more about. Thank you very much. Well, you've been speaking to Ian Rubinov, who's Director of Global Technical Services at Highline International. Ian, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com join. 